Welcome to In The Village, a prisoner in your cast. Today, we will be talking about the episode Hammer Into Anvil. But I am Shane and joined by Aaron. Oh, hi guys. <laughs> John. Hello. And our special guest for the third time, Sergeant Drano. Glad to be back, guys. He Glad to be here. Host. He's a semi-regular at this point. <laughs> yeah, I think so, yes. <laughs> semi-regular, that's what Metamucil is for. <laughs> None of that now. Yeah. <laughs> Better than this other thing he was talking about the last time we had him on. Uh, what was yeah. that? <laughs> that was nothing. Dude, shut up, <laughs> That's exactly why he doesn't remember it, John. Thanks. <laughs> we said we were going to talk about that. that. Hole. <laughs> anyway, we'll we start... We start, as always, with a TV war synopsis. Seeking to avenge the death of a persecuted girl, the prisoner plays a cat and mouse game in number two. Okay. Int- yeah, love the in short. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we start in the hospital with uh, with our new number two. Does anybody recognize this new number two? No. <laughs> oh! <laughs> That was quick. Wow. <laughs> okay. I, was expect- oh, I recognized him. <laughs> yes. I was expecting some of the new guys to recognize him. Though. Yeah, so was yeah. I, actually. I was hoping. Shocking. We're speechless. You've struck us speechless. <laughs> All those British guys look alike, I guess. <laughs> no, there is a first well, time. With their brill cream hair. <laughs> their bad teeth. Yeah. Patrick Cargill plays Thorpe in Many Happy Returns. Yes. He was the other British intelligence guy, the one who was like, you're telling us this fairy tale. Remember him yet? Oh, it was that guy? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was yep. the colonel, and then there was that other guy. Didn't he have a mustache, though? No. No. <laughs> oh, well, never mind, then. Unless he had it in his pocket or something. <laughs> it's a disposable mustache. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like many, many Happy Returns is actually the episode filmed the one after this one. Interesting. Uh, so they were filmed right together, but Many Happy Returns was filmed after this one. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, uh, and um, he got, uh, according to um, Rose Tobias uh, Shaw, he got on so well with McGowan, we just liked him. And Cargill said, quote, I didn't think this was meant to imply that Bishop's security was running the village. But rather, whoever was behind the village had context everywhere. Hmm. Interesting. So that sounds like that Patrick Cargill believed that he was playing the same character. Possibly. Interesting. Because <coughs> that's yeah. a uh, that's in debate, right? Whether this is yeah. actually the same Very character so. as the guy in Many Happy Returns or not. Very much so. Shane and I are on a disagreement on that particular point, I think. Yes, we are. How so? <laughs> Please, expound. Well, there's only two options there. Either he is or he isn't. Either he is or he isn't. <laughs> one of us think he is. The other one thinks he isn't. <laughs> but which is which? How many of each? Who's standing beside you now? Wait, never mind. <laughs> what do you guys think? Is, is this the same? Well, you didn't even recognize him. But now that I you did. know he is the same actor... Who played the sort of skeptical, uh, the guy who's trying to almost discredit Number Six's 
story that he's trying to tell about the village. What's well, your read of this? We recycle actors. This is nothing <laughs> new to the whole series. Yeah, I think this is just True. a case of, you know, an actor playing a different character. I mean, if even if he was the same guy, wouldn't Six have had some sort of, you know, recognition of him? Wouldn't there have been, you know, some sort of, like, callback to that? Well, they do give each other some pretty intense looks right at the start there. Yeah, but well, yeah, a girl just felt just jumped to her death out of a window, and uh, number two is in the room. So whose fault is it naturally? Number two, I'm gonna stare at the guy whose fault it is, or yeah, I'm gonna punch but in the it, face. It could be that, or it could be both that and the other thing. The other thing, the the fact that he he's the, the fact person. that uh, he he knows him from before and. He recognizes him as a traitor. Maybe. Uh, I don't think so. I think there would have been more recognition for that. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't even... They, they don't even make a nod toward it. I mean, if he was the same character and they were trying to, you know, imply that, you know, that whoever runs the village has got their fingers, you know, into every government organization, then wouldn't they have thrown us a bone on that one? Well, I mean... The two roles are, were both pretty big roles, and the guy does look exactly the same. And they even filmed the episodes right together. Yeah, but we how, also how have much that, of a phone do you need? <laughs> yeah, but we also have that uh, going on. That thinking there's that bit in the very first episode, Arrival, where all the groundskeepers are the same guy. Well, yeah, but that's not recycling actors. That's just bizarreness in the village. Yeah, and they've yet to come back to that. I'd like to point out. Yeah, well, they've done it more than once. They've done the clone thing more than once. They just haven't explained it. Because hmm. you also see doubles in uh, free-for-all with the photographer guy. Yeah. And then uh, Dance with the Dead, there's a lot of recycling actors. Yes. It's something to think about. So that's, that's intentional. This, I don't think it was intentional. I think they just liked working with the guy. So, hmm. yeah. Moving on. Yeah, Shane's awfully quiet. <laughs> oh, Shane just likes hearing the banter. I do. Shane died. Yeah. It's, actually, no. it, it's a clone of it's Shane. Just a ghost now. Yeah. You see, the village came in and abducted Shane, and then they put a clone in. So, yeah. What's going on, clone Shane? <laughs> Shane's not the same character. He's playing a different character. Yes. Yeah, I've turned into Tess and Miscellany. It was like what they used to do in soap operas, you know? They would uh, have the same character, but they'd replace the actor. It could be a completely different Shane. We don't know. We don't have a video feed on this thing. <laughs> I don't even know if Stardin Drano is an actual person. He could be a dog. We don't know. <laughs> a talking a dog. dog if he's a dog. I know from that re- re- reference there for you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so... Uh, Number two is verbally um, destroying this poor young woman. Um, number 73. Uh, he's got some photos. Um, has Brenda would assume? We don't actually, I don't think we actually get to hear. I think it's a husband. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. No, I could have sworn yeah, they, it that he yeah, actually they, said. They, they talk about her husband and then how oh, her husband has been, been cheating on her. And that, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. The woman Mariah. <laughs> yeah. And after and after after a while, um, uh, number six hears hears her screams and runs into the hospital, yeah. and he, yeah, he she jumps out the window. I would like to point out that six has some really good ears because he was nowhere yeah. near the hospital. 
<laughs> it's interesting that we don't actually get to see anything that number two was doing to her. Yeah. We just kind of see him take a step towards her. Yeah. And then, because I was, I was looking real carefully this time to see if we saw anything at all. But all you see is her just kind of jumping off the bed and running at the window. Yeah. Right as number six is in there. And number two's just kind of standing there. So maybe he's just got really bad body odor. Well, <laughs> possibly. Uh, there was two <laughs> other guys in the room, wasn't there? There were like two orderlies in the room, too, weren't there? Uh, they were outside the door, yeah, I think. I think oh. he, he, pushed, yeah, uh, he pushed past those uh, two guys to get into the room. Yeah. Maybe he, she well, was like just... Four. She was probably... She was afraid that he was going to get some of that brill cream on her. <laughs> so they they were going to use the laser from the last episode. Oh. <laughs> no. Um, yes. This, this actually, social conversion. <laughs> unmutual. She was unmutual. <laughs> yes. no, but, unmutual. Uh, social conversion for number 73, the unmutual. <laughs> yes. Uh, this, this brings an interesting oh, question. Sorry. Uh, bring up an interesting. You say it's an interesting question. It, it it might be an interesting question. I don't know. Okay, go ahead. Um, uh, sorry, I've got people talking in the background. Um, my my question is why why does six care? How? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, so the way this episode is set up, it's he he's been in the village a while. He knows how to man- maneuver things. He knows you know how the village functions. So. Uh-huh. This would probably be like what later half of the series, maybe. But maybe. you know, yeah. e- even so, he is he is shown nothing but complete disdain for the people in the village. He's shown complete mm-hmm. disdain for the people running the village. Uh, so, why would he care about this? I, I have an answer to that question. Okay, because actually, it has nothing to do with number seventy three. It's totally revenge against Thorpe. <laughs> You're still going on with <laughs> Thorpe, man. <laughs> Yeah, he's still going to go on with Thorpe. You can say it again. Yes, indeed. (laughs) So, but we cut to later the same day, I would assume. And uh, the phone. Oh, 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 quick. Quick. uh, Um, This is, uh, I guess, another one of those uh, sevens that McGowan apparently had a version for. Kind of interesting how this one got in there because pretty regularly referred to throughout the episode. But supposedly McGowan didn't like the number seven. Well, he likes the number seven. He doesn't want it to be in the show, though. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we've got, we've got a 73, so... Now, no, why, did they ever give a reason why he didn't like the number seven? I'm not sure if we've That's talked about this before. Um, I... the What I heard was that McGowan was... Uh, very Catholic, and seven is like a holy number... And I okay. guess the village was supposed to be an unholy sort of place, so uh, he didn't like having anything with number seven associated with the village. That's what I heard. That could be wrong, but that's what I heard. Okay, that's interesting. Had to do with numerology, I think. That's really interesting. Um, but as I said, number two calls number six, and he tries to get him uh, to the Green Dome, but number six doesn't want anything to do with number two. Mm-hmm. So he went out and he, then we have a random fight scene. Yep. Always the best kind of fight scenes. And this uh, this actually is a great example of the uh, number six fight equation. Mm-hmm. 
Which, uh, the, the number six fight equation it goes thusly. Uh, three is greater than six, but six is greater than two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, but it takes a while for three to beat six. Uh. <laughs> That's true. So if he's fighting three people, they win. But if he's fighting two people, he wins. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> well, we haven't been able to get out of, uh, go through an episode without six throwing a few punches lately. No. I, what 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 I do love though is I'm I'm now I'm now going back to that that scene real quick. Is the guy dives at, at Six's legs, and you can clearly see him diving, and then suddenly he's rolling into Six's legs. Yeah, that's pretty slick maneuver. It's clearly going to dive at his legs and wrap them, and then suddenly he rolls into him and knocks him over, like he tabletops <laughs> Six. It's like, okay, tabletops him. I haven't heard that one. Before. It's what it looks like he, he's going after. I'm the youngest one here, so it was a stupid thing the football players did in high school. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> one guy, one guy, get, one guy gets on his hands and knees behind them while another guy is, is distracts him and then pushes. Oh, him okay, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm familiar with that. I wasn't unfamiliar with the term. Apparently, okay. apparently, it's called table topping, as I've learned through the <laughs> dictionary. Yeah, okay. I actually thought the fight choreography was pretty good, but uh, oh, it was pretty good. That, 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 that's just the one there. goof I've noticed that in that scene. Uh, like I mean, he's diving to, to wrap him, and then suddenly he rolls into him. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> there, there, there's your one in a fight scene. Uh, now I'm assuming that these guys were sent by number two, but yeah. did we ever give an explanation so, as to why they sent these guys to beat up six? Because he didn't go to see number two like he asked. Yeah, <gasps> yeah, yeah. He told him to come to the Green Dam. He's come, like, come, come to my house. Buddy. <laughs> he's like, uh, no, we have nothing to talk about. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. I like the I like the choreography of the scene where they they drag him into the uh, the green dome and yeah. uh, as the chair is coming out of the floor and they get there just in time to plant him yeah. in that chair. Yeah, cool timing. And then um, we have a lovely little scene where number two wants to break number six, which is which I find absolutely fascinating because <laughs> in pre- in previous episodes, um, you know we. We, uh, well, uh, well, Death of the, Dan, Dance of the Dead, number two, uh, interrupted break number six, insisting that he, she wants him to be intact. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chum's a big band, number two says, I don't want a man of fragments. Right. So. You must be one over. Yeah. So it's an interesting take from this new number two. I just kind of figured he was talking out of that. <laughs> yes. Well, suddenly he pulls out cane sword, so... <laughs> I have a question about that uh, yeah. sword. Mm-hmm. It, it looked kind of looked to me like the handle on that thing was the same as the handle on the umbrella that you usually see the number twos carry around. Is it, or does it just happen to look similar? Well, I'm pretty sure and, it yeah, is. Um, or very similar. Yeah, because I noticed that because instead of having the normal umbrella, he had the, the cane with the, the weird handle on it. Yeah. So is that, I, I is that an to, English thing? What is with that umbrella? Sorry? Is that, is that an English thing, but what is with that umbrella? Mainly the handle. Yeah. Yeah. It does have uh, an unusual handle on it. Uh, watch the Avengers. Caesar's has an umbrella. Wow, <laughs> it rains a lot. <laughs> it rains a lot over there. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes, I realize, the, the I realize there's a large amount of rain in English, yes. but I meant like the handle of that umbrella. What is oh. with the handle of that umbrella? Why does it look like that? I have not got a clue actually on that one. Do we have Start- any sort of? Is there are there any good images of that handle? It looks 
like it might look interesting, but I don't know if I've ever gotten a really good look at it. No, no buy to be honest with you. Somebody should get right on that. Yeah. You stumped us. <laughs> Way to go, Shane. I think you're fired. <laughs> get out. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. I, I, lo- I love how I love how number six is tries to get a reaction out of him, and the only way he can apparently do it is to poke him in the forehead with a sword. It's like, ah, oh, you react. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course yeah. he reacts. You just poked me with the pointy end of the sword. Yes. He's not going to react to that in the forehead. But, you know, I thought he was just going to go with the whole you know intimidation oh. thing, and he was like, oh yes, you're alive. Ha ha. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to figure out what, if that was supposed to be symbolic of something that he re- twitched when the point touched his forehead. Was that supposed to mean something? I didn't oh, I really follow that either. Yeah, I think it was just poke. Uh, well, his original, because of course when he pokes him in, in the head, his reply is disgust. His original reply was, it's my stomach, you disgust me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Umbrella... We're still looking at the umbrella handle, are we? Yeah, we are. I'm trying. I'm trying to find a good picture of it. I see something, but I'm not sure if it's actually from the show or if it's some approximation that some fan made. Umbrella. <laughs> okay, that's a, now that's a picture of the umbrella. The line. Can... The line "Du Atmos under Hemistein" was a misquote from Gautier. What was it supposed to be? Uh, was actually uh, it's actually from a, it's a much longer piece, which I'm not going to read out because I don't do German. <laughs> do you have a translation? Ah, yes, I do. Uh, in the English words: You must rise or sink. You must be conquer or rule. Our service and lose, suffer or triumph, be anvil or the hammer. So you basically just shortened it to the just the you must be and then skipped to the yeah, end. Yeah, be the anvil or the hammer. You know, it's yeah. either conquer and rule, serve and lose, suffer a triumph. Yeah. Well, we're just gonna shorten the hammer, or the anvil or the hammer. Oh. Okay, hey. it looks like looks like the handle on number two's umbrella is somewhat different than the handle on that sword. They look kind of similar, but they are different. Mystery solved. We still don't know what kind of umbrella that is, though. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that somebody alive when this show first premiered would have been like, oh, that's a that's a thing. We had that all the time back then. Yeah. What, what's wrong <laughs> with you guys? Don't you know what a haberdasher is? <laughs> it's, uh, it looks almost like it's got a, a little bag built into it. I'm also, going to... How, uh, how did we get this far into the show and not talk about that damn umbrella? It's the only. Uh, repeat, I have repeat no repeat. idea. <laughs> because some of us don't. Some, some of us don't. I don't know. We were too distracted the took over the directing. Yeah. I just PNG the pick. Oh, umbrella. Hey, hey, I found the, it. I found it. It is a seat stick umbrella. It is used for basically you fold out the handle and it turns uh-huh. into a little seat that you can pop yourself on. Oh. Okay. Cool. Interesting. Apparently, you can still buy. I them. get it. It's like one of those. You, you do what? You can still buy them. Really? Awesome. No. Yeah. Did you say seat stick? That's what they're yeah. called. Seat stick umbrella. Okay. Yeah, it looks like it folds. Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah, it kind of folds out into almost like a little saddle thing, and 
it you just kind of prop yourself on it like a camp chair almost yeah yeah except it's only got one leg so you kind of got a balance on there well, I mean, one of the promotional pictures is it's kind of used as a prop for a guy who's taking a photo. So, yeah. Cool. Seat, stick, umbrella. That's cool. All right, mystery solved there. Moving <laughs> on. So we finally finished Umbrella Cast. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to thank you for joining us here on Umbrella Cast. The, the mini podcast of Umbrella Cast. <laughs> anyway, um, we have uh, this little Simone We've been recording for almost half now, and we've only got to about seven and a half minutes into the episode. <laughs> All right, he's going to hammer number gents. six, and then he picks up banana phone. Yeah, banana phone. <laughs> yes, he picks up banana phone because every banana time I see the thing, it looks phone. like a banana hanger. Yep, and <laughs> and on the other end of the, that particular line is number one. Or we assume Apparently. it's number one. Well, yeah, it's we do. Well, we just say sir. So, um, you were saying something about a hammer. Yes. And then uh, number two, no, number six leaves number two. It was by the tally ho in the shop. Yep. yep. Um, this is to all that music. Uh, that is the end. Yeah. Yes. Bom, 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 this is the this is ladies and gentlemen. This is called the tension point. Um, yes, and um, yes, and he and he wants and number six wants to listen to all the recordings. All yep. six. Yes. Yep. Looks like there's kind of like a stylized six on the on the record case. Even. I wonder if they made that for the uh, for the show or if the. I assume when they did actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I wonder why that has a six on it. Well, it looks it, the uh, record labels look like uh, they've been in prison on front. So yeah, mm, and the shopkeeper yeah. and the shopkeeping is shopkeeper is wearing a black badge. <laughs> that must mean he's a jammer. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> yeah, because you know we uh, we didn't get enough of that. <laughs> yes, actually, where it looks like we're getting it this whole episode, right? Numbers. Yeah. Number six is basically jamming. <laughs> yeah. I like how that plot point never comes up again. It's coming up in this episode, man. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Stop lying to the audience, Drado. <laughs> That's where he got the idea from. Yeah. And then uh, Shotkeeper rings number two, and uh, he takes all the recordings uh, to number two, and Number two is looking quite confused about what the hell is going on, <laughs> and he also and the shopkeeper also shows number two Tally how he left behind, which has the word security written rung around it. Ba ba ba, with a question mark. Indeed. Ba ba ba. Do we want to say anything about the uh, music? I've got the uh, the wiki page open for oh, please it. Please do. If you, if, you want to, if you want to talk about that, please do. Go ahead. Uh, it was composed in 1872 for a play at the Vaudeville Theater, and apparently people didn't like it very much. <laughs> but the uh, what was the name? But of the, the music has endured. Um, it's 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 incidental music to Alphonse Daudet's play La Lesienne, because the play is named La Lesienne. And uh, eventually, the music came to be known 
as the Larlesian Suite Number One. <laughs> so it's basically just incidental music. So its use in this episode is perfect since it's used as incidental music. <laughs> actually, it's an actual. The entire suite is about forty minutes long. Actually, really? Yes. There, there. I was. After this piece, because I knew I knew the open, I think most people at least recognize the opening piece. I started listening to the whole thing for a couple of hours because I was bored. Wow! So you listened to it like twice at least. Nice. <laughs> is it is it good? Pretty solid. Did you like it? It's the, it, yeah. I mean, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. It sounded I good. Mean, there's, in this there's actually there's actually there's actually two suites because you're on the wiki page. You probably can see this if you scroll down. Yeah, yeah, it looks like the other one was done by somebody else from like yeah, based Ernest, on the other guys. Yeah, music or Ernest something. using Vincent's original original themes. Most people know number. Most people know number two more because that's the one that typically gets played a lot more, hmm. particularly uh, the fourth movement, Farndold. But that's now, a, do you know? Do you know which one the music in this episode is from? Um, I'm thinking it's from Farndold, but I could be very wrong. Which one is that? Is that the first one? That's or the second fourth, one? fourth movement, fourth movement. Fourth movement, oh. suite number two. Oh, okay. So there's basically the suite number one, and then is you the might original, and then the other one would be the new the new number two suite. <laughs> yes, yes, Drano. Yes, it would be. <laughs> really, dude. Really. <laughs> oh my! I'm saying nothing. Uh-huh. I'm just gonna say hey although, with my head in the hands. Although IMDb claims that the music is from George, uh, the original one because it uses George uh, Bizet's, but mm-hmm. they're they're yeah. Okay. They're what? <laughs> well, he's actually listened to it, so I guess he knows. Mm. So back to the podcast. Yeah. Back to the prisoner. Back to the <laughs> numbers. Yeah. Number. <laughs> We'd like to thank you for joining us here on the Incidental Music Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> How many more tensions can we put into this episode? Uh, don't don't tempt us. Don't tempt us, Shane. So where were we? Number you listen two, to music. Number, number, uh, number, number two, two is flying and number six writing whatever whatever yeah. he's writing at his desk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. Because yeah. he put out the order that any unusual behavior needs to be reported immediately. It's number. Oh, yeah. s- it's number six. Everything's unusual about yeah. him apparently. Because <laughs> he's a jerk. Yeah. And, yep. Uh, Number six wrote something on a piece of paper. Yeah. And um, and number two is Lackey. Number fourteen. I think you mean his minion. Well, Lackey minion, same thing. Okay. I don't know. I thought one had health benefits. The other one didn't. (laughs) (laughs) When decides to go into number six's place and picks up the piece of paper underneath, so we can see so. uh, we were able to see uh, what number six was writing, yes. and, it, and it's a note to XO4, mm. implying that number six is a spy. Yes. Now, did any of you guys actually think that it was possible that maybe number six was a plant all this time? Did anybody consider that, or did you just guys did you guys just figure that? Uh, uh no, it was all set up. 
I had the I had the tiniest thought early early in the episode because uh, after you know after he had you know reported to Thorpe and all them about the place, but right. then I was like, nah, he's just screwing with number two. Yeah. <laughs> for like for like the tiniest of moments, I thought maybe he is a plant. Nah, he's just screwing with number two. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I figured from the start he was just using two's uh, own paranoia against him. Yeah. He must be a pretty big uh, Dungeons and Dragons fan since he calls himself D6. Possibly. Never got that reference before, but yeah, possibly. <laughs> and then Nimbus, uh, we cut to some terrible day for night shooting. Oh, we just put a blue filter over the camera. Yeah, that's, that's what you gotta do. Yeah. Day for night shots in this show? That never happened. Number 14 following number 6 under orders yeah. of number 2. Yeah, with uh, number 6... Get- Seems to be carrying quite an interesting little package, which he puts into stone boat. Which we find out later is blank pages. It's too bad this number two doesn't have those cool uh, glasses radio. He has to use the bigger handheld radio. Yeah. Why would he only put blank pages? What does this mean? <laughs> as he's tested. Double rainbow. What does it mean? <laughs> I love it when he first pulls those pages out of the... Uh, the envelope, and he's like, yeah. you can tell he almost doesn't want to see what's on them because he's afraid of what he's going to see. And he's like, what? what? <laughs> There's nothing there. <laughs> and he gets um, um, the technician to have a look at the pages in the bank. <laughs> and yeah. you can see the first cracks in number two start to appear. <laughs> yep. And then number six decides to write a note. Um... In Spanish, I don't. I don't have the Spanish in front of me, unfortunately. Yeah, he has it uh, posted in the newspaper. Yeah, yep. a private um, joke. Did, I, did IMDb actually pull that? Unfortunately, not. No. And then um, number six decides to ring the hospital. The has a psychiatry. <laughs> Psychiatrics, I think you mean. It's from Don Quixote, by the way. Yes. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, and psychiatrics. Yeah. Aldead means village. Aldead is one of the words. <laughs> Doesn't just, that mean just, village? Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, they, they give the translation for it later in the episode, don't they? They do. It's something about the fool in the village or something like that. There's there's more harm in the village than is dreamt, I think. Yeah. And <laughs> number six, right so, as I said, number six decides to call the head of psychiatry and the uh, doesn't want to... 249. Uh, yeah, doesn't really, and uh, he doesn't have a clue what number six is on about, unsurprisingly. <laughs> no, he just doesn't want to talk on the telephone. Probably very wise. Yeah, yeah. obviously, it's not a secured line. Uh, I'll come by later. Yeah. <laughs> and number two drags him over the coals. <laughs> Love the way number two is like, so you aren't doing a report on me? And you can practically hear the guy thinking, well... No, I should be, yes. <laughs> Pretty good uh, little parts in this episode with some good acting, I thought. Little bit players coming in. Yeah. Good reactions. Yeah. And uh, then you have an interesting little... Then you can... You can then um, number six goes to the grave of number 73 yep. and sees 
another grave. And you can see the cog working in his head to put the ne- next part of his plan into action. Who, and he, I'm sorry, who was who on the other grave? I don't remember. 113. Yeah. Mm, okay. The number, the number that he put into the little note. Which makes me, which makes me wonder. They've got graves with numbers on them, but we know that when people get killed off, they just give that number to somebody else who comes into the village. So, <laughs> how does this work with the gravestones and all? Uh, they set them up in rows. Presumably, no like, one ever finds them. Yeah, there's <laughs> like everyone who's designated like twelve is all in one line. So it's all one giant line of twelve. <laughs> or maybe they just open up that same grave and put them in the stack of ashes. Gross. <laughs> yeah. you know, in the first episode, we saw the grave. We saw the grave uh, in on the beach. So the grave yeah. starts moved. Yeah, <laughs> with the one girl that we've never seen again. Yeah. <laughs> well, it might have more than one graveyard. Possibly. Why would they need more than one graveyard? Well, people die all the time there. Hmm. <laughs> Well, maybe we apparently, started at the beach. Maybe we started at the beach and then realized it was a bad idea because tides and all, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. possibly. Yeah. So yeah, so um, the supervisor well, reads that little message and um, supervisor being a DJ today. Yeah, take, taking requests. Yeah, interesting. And number, uh, and number uh, two runs into the supervisor's operating room. <laughs> or the control room, I should say. Yep. And he vividly bashes the supervisor, and he fires the supervisor. Man, I like number 26, or 8. Yeah, he's, he's one of the few <laughs> recurring characters we have. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't happy with the, the directing job that he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that it? Possibly, yes. <laughs> you, random person over there, you're in charge now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know anything uh, about how to run this place? Uh, kinda. I started yesterday. You're in charge. I'm, I'm dressed similarly. <laughs> and then we clearly see number two is gone. Lost it. He will break this conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a question here, actually. What do you think of the? Uh, we haven't seen the location for quite a while. It's been mainly stock um, places. What do you think? Are you pleased that we've seen we're back on the location? Yes. It's it's nice not to see stock footage, yeah. Yeah, or studio footage. Um, it's good to see you know, we're, we're back on location. Honestly, most of the time I don't notice. That's because you're a dirty heathen, Drano. <laughs> I, I, throughout this episode, going back to the music for one quick moment, hopefully, and only one quick moment. Okay. I, I feel like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope. Um, I like Throughout the episode, I, I, I'm f- somehow reminded of Lord of the Rings in the fact that they're using the same the same bit. They're just changing how intense the tone is or how, how soft or how, you know, kind of how, how, the, how to shape it for the mood of the setting, just the same way that, you know, Lord of the Rings does with its uh, six pieces of music that I swear it only uses. <laughs> I really liked the music in this episode. It was kind of oh, I did too. It was really good. Yeah, very, very good, very, very good. Um, then we uh, uh, then but they did good timing of number six walking into number two's just as they're walking out, mm-hmm. and number fourteen and number six have a bit of a conversation, and we're back to Kosho again for like a brief maybe two minutes. Yeah. Oh, what? But right before that, I loved. I just loved a little bit that he shows up and pretends that uh, number two uh, called him. He's like, it "Was your oh, voice?" You called me. 
Yeah. It sounded like uh, he said he was number two. <laughs> Somebody in this village is impersonating you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of sad that he didn't you know dunk number number two when those two guys walked in the room. I'm like, oh, just do it, just dunk him. <laughs> now there seemed to be they seemed to be implying that there was an actual threat of bodily harm there was i mean was were they implying that if he dropped him there he was going to hit his head on the edge of the pool and break his neck or something because it's like those he, he would get those other people damped. come in and then he doesn't drop him possibly uh, maybe number two just wanted to remind number six i have your life in my hands i don't know <laughs> God this this kasha this this kasha scene was the correct length though <laughs> yes <laughs> did they didn't go on for five minutes yes <laughs> yeah. Uh, after that, we see number six looking at some birds, and it, and his neck part of his lovely plan is hatched, <laughs> and he decides to buy Four, some two work units for a cuckoo clock. Yeah, I have no idea how many work units you get per week. Do you I mean do you get them per week? I mean, is or there is some per sort day, of or is it? Is it, yeah, is it pay or is it some sort of job seekers allowance? Where if you know. don't get if you don't do any work, you just get base pay, as it were. Um, I don't well, think they've ever worked out. They've yeah, they've never explained that example really. of what yeah. uh, uh, work units work out to. Mm. <laughs> Other than or the if you, if you know, do a job like the shopkeeper or waiters, you get more work units, so you can spend more money. I mean. Could yeah, be. Maybe, never, maybe you get more work units for giving up information, too, probably. Possibly, yeah. Or you can enter into a uh, talent competition. Mm-hmm. You can get work units that way. Yes, you can make a obvious not boat and win. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, uh, number two, num- number six decides to buy the cuckoo clock with the big box underneath. <laughs> he didn't want the one I picked. Yes. As if that's ever really strange, but Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he places the he places the cuckoo clock outside number two's house, the green dome, and uh, everyone is panicking it's a bomb. Well, <laughs> oh, number, num- only oh, n- number two panics that it's a bomb. No one else seems to notice. <laughs> that's true. I also love the way the, the clock comes in a box that looks like it was designed to be an animal trap. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure that's just a happy coincidence. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think there was uh, any way that could have been anything more than coincidence. <laughs> yeah. So, so number two is uh, so number two is panicking. Is bomb? Of course, it's not. Ruin a perfectly good cuckoo clock. Yeah. yeah. Cuckoo. Although we do get, I love, I love, <laughs> we I, do get an interesting how... look of how uh, a cuckoo clock works on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> I love, I, I love how uh, two forty three the guy taking it apart just kind of dips the bird at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He totally flips him off, gives him the bird. Yes. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> you're not, you're not paid to, to, to quote just Whedon. You, you're non-speaking part because we've got to pay you more. <laughs> Supervisor number six reporting super restricted area. Yeah, and. He, he's got the trap. He trapped a bird. He wrote some numbers on a piece of paper. 
Oh, hey, we did. I have a, uh, I have a question. We didn't I have work a question out. about this. We didn't mention the part where he's eating the ham sandwich to load the pigeon. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I didn't. I, yeah, so I, I didn't want to go into a tangent about what kind of a ham it was. It was obviously Black Forest. He was cuckoo clock <laughs> had to be Black Forest ham. <laughs> I have a question about the restricted area. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Um. So, this restricted area is called the mangrove walk. Yeah. So, so I guess people aren't allowed to walk in an area that's called the mangrove walk. Why would you call it the mangrove walk if you're not allowed to walk there? Also, they've, they've implied before that Six goes wandering, you know, just to find the limits of the village, and they always bring him back. I mean, why are they worried about it this time? <laughs> he might be up to something. Yes. And well, in reality, the, that part was actually on the MGM backlot. Is so it really yes. called the Mangrove Walk? I had no idea, but it was on the, it's on the on the uh, on the backlog, so it was hundreds of miles actually away from Port Marion. No wonder it was restricted. Yeah, it really is, is in danger. Is there nothing way. in this show that they don't lie to us about? <laughs> and uh, well, then he, they shoot down the bird. Well, they, it's it's a mild electrical shock. It's not yeah. dead. Yeah, the bird is alive. Yeah, that is interesting. They They're death rays. Minimum strength that doesn't even hurt the bird. <laughs> the bird is just drunk temporarily. Yeah. How'd you guys like this uh, death ray thing that we've never seen before? That comes out of the flagpole. Uh, it's yet another thing I'm sure we will never see again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, so they get the message off the bird. Yeah. Punching the numbers. Punching the numbers, and there will be another coded transmission. Coming yeah. up at half past six the following morning. Yes. So I'm literally just reading here. Um, while that was actually uh, being filmed, uh, the second unit were actually doing inserts for other episodes. Hmm. Uh, it included shots of number two in bed for issue funeral. Um, number six is watching a change of mind. <laughs> Car- card and badge close-ups for the schizoid man. Wow, and the coded and the and the writing of the coded message for this episode, which is originally going to read Z Y P R S T V H I J P N R S. What's that spell? I think that's the engine number of his car. <laughs> so, yes. any, any word as to why they changed it? No, no, no idea. Too many sevens in it. Possibly. We cut to the following morning, and they are all watching number six, and he goes to the beach, and he's doing the Morse code. He he obviously must be signaling a submarine out there. I mean... Yep, yep, submarine, or plane, or boat, or something anyway. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, why would he do it if there's nobody watching? We find out the message is, Patty Kaker, Patty Kaker, Baker's man. (laughs) Etc. 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 If they can see him flashing, wouldn't that mean that he must be signaling somebody in the village, though? Possibly, but the, I suppose I suppose what how they're thinking the flashing is going out towards the sea, not in towards the village. So if you're but behind can, him, you uh-huh. wouldn't really be able to see it. But they can see it. They can see it on their cameras. I know, but we don't know where the camera's based. Well, it's not out in the water, is it? No, but what, what? No, 
No, I think the I think the implication is he's on the beach and he's facing towards the sea. No, but because he's not completely one. facing towards the sea, it's like he's like at a forty five degree angle. How, hmm. how the uh, if you've ever seen a map of Marion, it's not a straight beach; it it curves around. So uh, I think how they look unless somebody's on the rocks. Which were <laughs> maybe the they were. I'm assuming maybe it's it was a camera. Maybe it was a camera on uh, Emil Palatska. No, the water is the camera. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. It was the rover cam. Rover cam. Possibly. Do we have rover cam? We haven't no. seen rover in a while. We haven't, have we? He's got to get a uh, firmware upgrade after he ate Curtis. That's <laughs> true. I'm running severe diagnostics since then. Yes. Yeah. Uh, then number six goes... Sees number two having no. Sees number fourteen having breakfast. Goes up to him, speaking gibberish. Yeah. <laughs> There's nobody in the village that their homes. Honestly, anytime anybody wants something to eat, they're always at like some outdoor cafe, which the village apparently has like thirty of. <laughs> Couldn't you guys just like have like steak and eggs in the home? Honestly, possibly. It's a British thing. Eating eggs. Yes, I know. Shane probably never eats at home for breakfast. I don't have breakfast to begin with. <laughs> that's, well, that's a lie, actually. That's Thursday morning but I it's did. the most actually, important meal of the day, Shane. <laughs> on, a, on election day, I did have breakfast. Did you have it at a cafe? Yes, I did. Did a surly yeah. man approach you and talk a lot of rubbish? Uh, no. I'm, af- uh, I'm afraid not, no. Ask you if you've slept well. No, those were just his constituents. <laughs> I did actually have somebody ask me if I, I slept well. Actually, yes, I did. Uh-huh! <laughs> He's an obvious You're traitor. You're working with him! <laughs> I thought I could trust you. <laughs> I, I, Jane, I thought you were the one man I could trust! <laughs> and then he loses it on the entire household. Yeah, and the butler as well. Poor butler. The butler's just kind of like, okay. Okay, okay. Just, just let, me, let, me, let me pack my bags and shut those doors. Yeah. He's yelling, traitor! Uh, for some reason, I really like the bro-cream hair is flying all around. And then, then number 14 confronts number 6 in his own house. And we have oh, another uh, fight scene. I got a comment about the butler thing. Okay, go, 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 take it. Uh, I will say that the, the first time I ever saw this episode, when he uh, when number 2 acts like he's going to hit the butler, <laughs> and you hear this kind of ominous music, and the butler just stands there with... Absolutely no reaction whatsoever. Yeah, I was like totally convinced that the butler was number one. Oh really? Is the butler number yep. one? Well, I don't know. I'm only telling you what I thought when I first saw it. Mm. He is one of our few consistent characters. So it was the supervisor. Didn't we have a theory last time that he was the real number one? I, we, yeah, we I had, think that's been brought up in the show it, before. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't have a number. That's true. He does okay, know how to work 14, everything in the village. Yeah. Anyway, number no, s- when the, the when the butler packs up, where the heck is he going? I don't know. Oh, he'll be back. He's just like, <laughs> oh, he's having one of his moves again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll just go visit my family out on Main Grove Lane. Yeah. <laughs> and then we, after all that, number six disposes of number 14 through another fight scene, and we cut to the final confrontation. And, um, where number six, it's a complete role reversal of what we saw about 40 minutes previously. And we see an obviously broken uh, number uh, two 
And yeah, I'll kill you. Oh, will you? He clearly forgets the rules of fighting number six. That one is not better than six. Two is not better than the six. Ah, but three is. Yes. Yep. 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 They completely yeah. trashed the house too. Doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And Michael Caine there that is actually one... the fourth number fourteen we've seen too. That 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 really? one kick though that knocks him into the wall. I thought he actually slammed his head into that wall for a sec. <laughs> He probably like, did. It's, it's I mean, the rest. I mean, that did. the rest of it. I'm like, yeah, I can tell it's a fake punch, it's a fake hit. But the one where he actually kicked him up, I was like, that might have actually caused a head injury. <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, confrontation between uh, number two and number six apparently was actually the first thing filmed for the episode. Hmm. Movie magic. Uh, I do have a quote actually from Patrick Cargill number. Two, um, it's not very, not very easy to break the gradual disintegration of the character. It's necessary. To, it was necessary to work backwards mentally and sometimes almost sideways before <laughs> before one had the complete mental disintegration in the right order. Not easy, but very interesting. Yep. So yeah, so we have a, a complete collapse of number two. And uh, he forces number six, forces number two to uh, call himself in. I don't know. Mm. There, there was a really good bit of dialogue right before that, where uh, six is just playing off of everything that number two is feeding to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if I had, what would have been your duty? <laughs> yeah. To not interfere. <laughs> um, he did interfere. What was the uh, uh, name? Sabotage. <laughs> Now, what, what was the name of the organization number two uh, quoted? I don't remember off the top of my head. The organization number two quoted? Um, it was like Xeron or something like that. Are you talking about when he told him that he, he knows that he's working for XO4? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, from the note there. Yeah, XO4. Yeah. D6! Reporting to XO4. Yeah, that was... Um... There was two deleted scenes from the script actually after this. Um, as number two uh, walked, to, um, uh, as number six uh, walked across the uh, the foyer, uh, a new number two was uh, walking in. Wow! And then after that, number six is seen at the graveyard, looking down at the grave of number seventy-three, and walks away. Mm. That's some quick turnaround to get a number two in that quick. I mean, that guy just yeah, that's yeah, quick. <laughs> that's quick, yo. Um, and that is primarily it. Yep. So yeah, any, anybody else? As I just go through my notes. Mm, that's about all I've got. I think I already said that uh, this is the fourth number fourteen that we've had. <laughs> yep. A lot of fourteens in the show. The other ones were the uh, the chess master in Checkmate, mm-hmm. the uh, the scientist lady in A, B, and C, and uh, in, also in A, B, and C, we're told that uh, before the scientist lady, there was an old woman in a wheelchair who died. That was also a number 14. We're just going oh. through lots of 14. That turnaround's almost yeah. as high as number one. <laughs> or number two, <laughs> rather. We all know yeah, who yeah. number one is. Is there a number one? <laughs> oh, Somebody's I... I I haven't said the um, foreign titles for a while, actually. Uh, the only interesting one is 
in, a, in Italy, it was first known as a day passes under the passes. Huh. Odd. Uh, oh. Everybody else was pretty much the same title, pretty, I guess. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, uh, oh. <coughs> well, in, well, um, well, in France, it was called The Odds Are Against Number Two. <laughs> no spoilers there. You could say they're hitting the nail on the head. Because uh, 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 we got the hammers and it never mind. <laughs> The alternate title should have been other uh, dichotomies in that same quote, the ones they skipped over. Uh, oh, because the broadcast was late in the day, TV World was all ready to go to press when issue for the episode It's Your Funeral with a large color photograph of one of the Valtrim on the, co- on the cover in a page for the weekday programs. Uh, Venet Valdrum, the prisoner episode is your funeral a week, Friday week, 7.30. Read the caption. While the programming bidding explained, the episode is your funeral uh, featured on the episode cover will be shown next week. Hmm. And that's me done. So there was a mix-up on the the order of the episodes we're going to be broadcasting. Yeah, the order was changed very, very late in the day, which meant the magazines Hmm. went, the magazine went to press, but they just caught it just before it was fully um, went to press, but they couldn't change anything, apart from the episode billing. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, anything else? I think that's about it. Uh, I think we're good. Excellent. So, we will have a listen to this advert. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Stephanie. We're the hosts of Tatiana is Everyone, an orphan black podcast. We invite you to join us for discussions about individual episodes, as well as the characters and themes of orphan black. We combine fandom and analysis, or finalysis, if you will, at Tatiana is Everyone, because we're analytical fangirls. We'd love for you to be part of the conversation, so visit TatianaIsEveryone.com and share your thoughts and theories. Welcome to the trip, man. And welcome back. Are we back? Email. We are we are back and we are gonna read the email that we received from Harold. Yay. I believe Aaron, you have the email. No, I don't. You never told me to pull the email. <laughs> this is probably the most enjoyable episode of the series so far. It was not just that num that number was in con- num- I'm assuming that's supposed to be number six. Um was in control and winning throughout most of the episode, but that he just demonstrated what a brilliant strategist he is and how cool under pressure he is, especially compared to his captors. Number six has clearly learned the methods of the village, or he had them already. Um, And it was quite hilarious to see him take advantage of everyone's paranoia there. He did little of this in Checkmate and when he pretended to be, quote, one of them, end quote. And at the time, I wanted to see more of this strategy. So I was delighted and satisfied to see this stretched out in a full episode. I give this 10 patty cakes out of 10, Harold. Whoa, very strong. Very, very strong. Thank you for that, Harold. And of course, you can email us at theprisonerintercast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, we have a main page. We also have a spoiler. Just search for In the Village, a prisoner intercast. And you can also find us on Twitter. And I should be updating the Twitter much more than I do. And you can find us at the prisoner intro. But uh, on to ratings. Mm-hmm. And as Sergeant Drano, you are our guest. Please go first. 
Okay, I thought this was a pretty strong episode. It's not my favorite episode of the series, but I thought it was pretty good, pretty enjoyable. I will give it eight uh, cuckoo bombs out of ten. Excellent. Uh, Aaron? Um, I, I, mm, I did enjoy it. I'm not sure I give it a perfect ten out of ten because I don't like giving perfect ten out of tens unless I'm really, really, really obsessed with something. Uh, but I would definitely give it, you know, uh, nine pigeon traps out of ten. Ooh, strong. Yes, indeed. Uh, Aaron? You just, you just didn't. Just, sorry, John. Sorry, do you apologize. What? Why do you hate me, Shane? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, John? Um, I thought this was a really good, really good episode. It shows, you know, um, a lot of why maybe Six is in the village. Um, he, he's, he should be doing more of this kind of stuff throughout the whole series. Um, I liked how he completely flips the tables on uh, two in this episode. Uh, so I'm going to give this a very solid eight out of ten uh, flashing lights on the beach. <laughs> Excellent. Force to me. Uh, I love this episode. This, I, it's so great to actually go back to the location shooting, isn't it? Um, and how we... And this first episode, we've actually really seen number six flip it onto number two as well. Leaves number two in a in a uh, quivering mass. Actually, <laughs> at this stage, before I actually give my rating and see if I can find it, I actually rewatched this episode just before we started to record uh, our very first episode. Oh wow! And I actually put something in the spoilers group, so if I can find that, hey, what? I will actually say that, but when I try to find that, I will uh, give my rating, <coughs> which is uh, 9 out of 10 people jumping out windows. Oh, too soon, Shane. Cool. That was, no. Too soon, Shane. <laughs> that was dark. <laughs> so, yes. I think I've found what you're looking for, perhaps. So this is something I wrote on the 11th of October of last year. Just been watching Hammer and Anvil. Is it wrong for me to see Phil Sawyer for number two at the end? <laughs> uh, Sergeant Drano? Uh, maybe we'd feel... It's not wrong. I suspect maybe we'd feel less sympathy for him if we'd actually gotten to see any of what he did. That caused number seventy three to jump out the window. Uh, do you want to, I was going to ask you to read what you wrote at the time. Oh, oh what I wrote. Oh, yeah. oh, is there? Oh, there are some comments here. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, yeah, I, I forgot about that. I said absolutely. What we never get to see in that episode is that when number two approaches number seventy three, he actually just wants to give her a massage so she'll feel better. <laughs> Crazy woman jumped out the window. Number six just took it the wrong way. Excellent. And also we've got another post uh, from Dead at Google. Uh, yes. This man was a sadist and paranoid. He fed to a victim to himself. He got what he deserved. Did, did, did you enjoy it, meaning me? Or did you feel slightly uneasy at the end? I think it's one of the episodes that can do both. Personally, I find this to be one of the darker episodes, and it showed how evil people can be without using actual violence. Very cleverly written and acted, of course. Yes. Indeed. So I thought I'd quickly say that. 
Yeah. Just to have a back of what happened its way back in October. Yes. But for our next episode, we are recording on the 31st, and the episode is Do Not Forsake Me, Oh My Darling. <laughs> what? We're finally doing the theme song. We're finally doing the theme song. I just want to get to the I just want to get to the episode the girl who was death just for that title. <laughs> I just want to get to that because the title of that episode. Good title. It sounds like best title. Yeah. So what does do not forsake me on my darling means mean? Um, a contemporary rock group doing a song about a <laughs> TV show that they really like. <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Okay. Some killers that number six uh, put away have gotten out of jail and they're coming to the village and number six has to decide whether he's going to stay and fight him off or be a coward and leave. Wait. What? <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Did none of you follow that? None of you? <laughs> nope. Sorry. Isn't that a John Wayne movie? Uh, no, that is the movie High Noon. Oh yeah, which featured which featured the theme song "Do Not Forsake Me, Oh My Darling." Oh okay. The episode comes uh, from. Okay. <laughs> now we've gone full circle. Apparently. Yeah. This <laughs> next episode is going to be a western. <laughs> if, somebody, if somebody does not wear a cowboy hat, next episode. Well, one thing we could probably count on, since there was like a band that took that for their name, it's probably a really, really good episode. Or, Possibly. Or it's really, really bad. <laughs> or it's really one awesome. of the two. Possibly. 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 I love how Shane's just always over here saying possibly to every answer we ever give. <laughs> what? He's not going to be able to say episode is going to be uh... like... Uh, yes. Uh... It's going to be like trying to insert triangles and squares into your head. Yes. <laughs> uh, geometry. <laughs> Basic math. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Curse you, as always, we want to thank the band that you do not take me and my darling for letting us use that music for our um, little podcast there. Yeah. And you can always find that music at jobtosake.com. You mentioned the girl who was there. That is actually uh, my favorite song. It's about a girl who's in here, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, this is the end of that. Unless you want to have to say, I'm going to say goodbye. I'm going to say peace in, yeah. Hi, everybody. Cheerio. <laughs> 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 <laughs>